0: LOI, match day on Off the Ball.
1: Well, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Danny Lafferty onto the show this week, playing for Sligo Rovers, left wing back, but uh man who's played, geez, you probably played all parts of the pitch at this stage of your career. Danny, um, I just want to ask you first about the most recent game against uh, Derry City. Disappointing, I suppose, to to get that equaliser and then to, to ultimately lose the game 2 1 on fr- last Friday night
2: yeah uh it was disappointing obviously to lose the game because um, I thought we put in unbelievable effort like uh I know myself from playing there like it's not it's not an easy place to come up there to the brand big pitch that 4g um takes a little bit of getting used to you know um but uh like I said the, the boys put everything like, bodies falling at the end their blocks cr- blocking crosses shots um and we knew we were going to go up against it up there. Um knowing that the, all their kind of injury woes were kind of behind them there because they were all getting back fit for Europe this week. So uh we knew it was it was going to be a tough game. Um but like you say we were unlucky like I felt for 60 65 minutes there was nothing in the game, you know, we got a bit tired then towards we knew knew they were going to come on strong at the end. They brought their a ridiculously strong bench you know when you, when you can bring on like the well Patsy and Patrick McElhinney, you know to name, to name a few you know you're going to be up against it in the last half an hour or so so to to be well in the game and we had our chances like we had our chances before uh, earlier in the game uh, limited them to to a few chances um, but yeah and then to save a penalty I think and hope okay hopefully it's it's our night and then to concede another one uh, so late in the game after the last kick of the game and you know uh it was about heart it, it was it was about the uh, heartbreak and hard to take alright
1: just a quick mention of your own goal Danny very impressive <laughs> um listen nobody likes to see a non celebration celebration to get from, from a man playing against <laughs> his old club um i have to i have to say it was great to see do you like having a bit of crack with that kind of thing just maybe wind up the away support
2: well that's it, that's that's all it was. We were joking, like say, the manager um was doing a bit of, um set pieces on the Thursday before the game on the Friday and I stayed back we about to do a bit and he was like he was shouting to me, like, Oh, will you celebrate tomorrow and all if uh, if you score and all? I was like, Right, I will you know, and uh, and then just I was like I wasn't expecting to obviously score but you know, <laughs> the score and it was right in front of the that block K, the the kind of ultra home support, you know, so it kinda of just made my way over there and wasn't so much a really passion. I just it was like you say it was a bit of crack. Yeah. Um And that now <laughs> their fans didn't see it that way. And <laughs> <was> a, <laughs> a few things coming in the direction I had a duck and weave there, like you know, and I haven't left the house since Friday. But, <laughs> 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 but that it was all a bit of crack. It was not. Everyone knows, and I think everyone, uh, all their their fans know. Obviously, a oh, great with dairy fan and that, like you know. But listen, you're playing for playing against them. You do as, you do as well as you can, you know. Uh, Happened to score against them, so you know, just give it a little double-fisted fist pump there, you know, just in front yeah. of them to wind them up. But that was all it was.
1: Yeah, I think we like to see it in the League of Ireland. It's great to 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 help the atmosphere and that kind of thing. Yeah. Just to to ask you, like as like you're playing as a as a left back now. we know, you play left wing back. I was even I was doing my research on you, know, looking back at your days at Sheffield. United, I think you're playing even central midfield. Go back to to those days as well, like. I, when you, as you get, you're like you're still only what 31 now, do you find it? Are you 31? Am I right, wrong? You're, you're, you're shaving you're shaving a couple of years off me there but I'll take it anyway <laughs> I, <laughs> I, actually, I, I had you down 34 I know I look
2: a lot younger you do year.
1: absolutely this only going out as audio but I can tell you folks uh, the man is looking sharp and looking very clean fresh Um, but like how do you find yourself now adjusting to that getting a bit older and, and, and tempering your game or maybe changing your game as you get a bit older because I'm even thinking about you when you are playing for Shamrock Rovers as a wing back you had a lot of pace and you were really able to, to get players down down that line
2: yeah I, listen I, I suppose the older you get almost um, the more professional you have to become you know you can't uh, you can't really come off it um, maybe like, like fair I feel I feel brilliant like I've, I've never been someone who's been injury prone or had injuries or niggles and also you know like I never miss a training session. I train every day uh, always available you know uh, never not a person who likes to take Take days off, or oh, I'm struggling a bit. You know, I might miss this or miss that session. I like to always, you know, I think I like feeling my body kind of hurting or something in a sense. You know, to being on the training pitch every day. Um, yeah, listen, I know I'm, I'm not getting any younger, and that's you know, father time always catches up on you. But um, I'm not. I think I don't really think too much. Like you say, I played wing back for a couple of years, and people think, oh, that, that's that's hard going that up a couple, shave a few years off you in that, like, and it doesn't. I don't know. I, I like, to think myself is quite an intelligent footballer, you know. So, can maybe use my mind to do a bit more running for me than my legs. Um, the older I've gotten, um, but yeah, no. I, like I said, I still feel, still feel fast, still feel well. Uh, still, still playing their life left. New old dog. It as they would say. Um, yeah, like I said, been moved around a few positions in my time now as well. Like, yeah, your research is correct. Played a few games at centre mid, um, got got the run around in there a few times as well, yeah, um, and even this year, have a our own injuries, you know, we've had a uh played to the right side of centre back, left side of centre back, left side of the back three, left back, so yeah, played a role of goalkeeper at the minute.
1: Yeah, I was actually at Mount Park when you you slotted in a centre back there, um, yeah. against Bohemians and and did really well. Um, that's something though, I suppose that's it's been tough. Uh, for your manager John Russell to deal with because I know, listen, I know players and managers will always say, Look, we're not going to look for excuses when results are going poorly. But listen, Sligo Rovers have been really, really unlucky with injuries this season. Do you think if you get a fully fit squad, you'll be able to start lifting yourselves up that table over the next few weeks?
2: Well, that's 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 the hope, you know. Um, yeah, listen. It's well, been well documented about the injury problems and all that's, that we've suffered this year. Um, You know, we're having the patch boys up and try to rush boys back and it's not Come and things like that. But listen, we know ourselves that we've not been good enough on, on a number of occasions. You know, that's down to us. That's, you know, can't sit, like you said, we're, we're not sitting here making excuses. It's We, we were the, the lads who were the white line on a Friday or Saturday night. And, uh, you know, Picked up some poor results along the way, but like you say, we want to be now coming into this last third or final stretch of the season. You want to be, you know, you want to start balling up a bit of momentum, making a run for it, you know. Europe's not out of our reach, things like that. Uh, hopefully, get a good run the cup, you know, uh, and start looking up instead of looking down now, you know. Um, like I say, we have a massive game on Saturday, massive, probably the biggest game of the season, you know, for us anyway. Um, you know, so that's an opportunity. We're obviously we haven't won back to back this year, which is disappointing, you know, so we haven't really like you say gathered that momentum. So that's that's the, uh, that's the thought going forward is is uh win on um win on Saturday night and then, you know, kick on into the cup and uh and the rest of the season. Hopefully we start can kind only of putting some result, some positive results back to back and go on a little bit of a run. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I I, I... I know, obviously, John Russell. I actually spoke to him earlier in the season on on the podcast, and he comes across to me as a very meticulous manager. Like, there's no stone left unturned when it comes to planning for opposition. Have you enjoyed working under John since moving to Saiga Rovers?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you're you're spot on. He's very meticulous. He leaves no stone unturned. All, um, you know, we're (laughs) constantly getting sent individual clips, videos, you know, all the analysis stuff. Um, pre-game and post-game and things like that. So you know everything. He's put all the things in place there to to give us the best opportunity to succeed. You know, um, and like you say, he's, he's he's a great man too. You know, I mean he can help you with anything. He's easy to speak to. You know, he's um, he's bubbly. He's great. He'll join in and training things like this. You know, so you know it's it's it it's it's been a very it's been very enjoyable working under him. You know, um, you know. You, the stuff that people don't see obviously uh, off the pitch us as players even the probably the hard work he puts in and you know watching players watching games recruiting you know doing your uh, whatever the analysis for the upcoming games etc you know so um, almost you almost feel kind of guilty because of how the season's kind of went because you kind of want to do be doing better for him uh, I think it was, like I say some results haven't went their way um, but like I say no one's we haven't done tools, we you know, we everyone, everybody's got the backing of everybody. You know, everybody enjoys going into world and training every day, um, with smiles on their faces and you know, he demands that too, like you know what I mean? It's you're the best job in the world why right? when you come in, yes, you can get emotional losing games and whatever else, but you come in and you get on with you do your work, with a smile on your face and you know, you just keep going.
1: Yeah, because I you know there would have been talk before you got that win against Bohemians that perhaps John was under a bit of pressure going into that game. You win that game and it was a really impressive victory. I remember watching it and um, the way you played that day. But then you go and lose to Derry City. So do you feel maybe there is a bit of pressure on John coming into this game again? And you know against a Cork City side that have been showing some good form over the last number of weeks.
2: Possibly, but that's not for me to say. You know. Um... I hope not, obviously, uh, as a player. Because, um, like I said, we all thoroughly enjoy working under uh, under John. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, I think even like even though we lost on Friday, uh, kind of the style of the kind of same style that got as a result against Bohemians uh, the previous Saturday was there for sixty five minutes, and then we kind of ran the steam a little bit. You know, we played with high energy, we were brave. You know, we had. Uh, we we created chances. We weren't, you know, we weren't defending on our 18-yard box for the whole game over, we you know, we went and we were trying to be positive and this is against the Derry City team who are t- to be challenged at the top, the top end of the table, you know. Uh, we've got in those uh, resources and also to, you know, that kind of shows that, you know, we, you can mix it with anybody. Um, but like I said, too, Saturday is a massive game. Um um, if, uh, we're fully confident that if we can replicate the la the previous two kind of energy performances and you know the high intensity work that we've shown, that uh, there should only be one outcome on Saturday. But you know, that being said, um, we we have to implica- uh, implement that again. You know, so that's obviously what we were trying to do, especially at home in front of our own fans again.
1: Yeah, and interesting you mentioned at home because the last game against Cork City at the Showgrounds it was a two-two. Um, great to see for yourselves that you came back and got the draw out of that game, but you went 2 0 down. So how important is the focus and concentration and getting off to a good start in this game on Saturday night?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's in every game, every week. Starting fast is a is a, it's a thing you hear in the dressing rooms. Mum, we must start fast, and it's one of them kind of. One of them cliched sayings, you know, before a game. But yeah, it, it, there's no true words in a sense that you have to start fast in these games. Like, the first goal can be crucial in these games. You know, it showed against when we were home against Erie City. Clung on We start scored early, and you know, that gave us a give us something to hold on to, and and that you know, um, and like you said, I think thinking back to that two two at home, you know, I think it was but individual errors that maybe caused us that, and maybe a set piece and things like that. So you know, if we can look after them uh, little aspects and we and we uh, show the same energy and high intensity football that, we play, that we've that shown the last two matches, then we should be fine, yeah, hopefully.
1: Right, stuff. Well, listen, best luck in the game, Danny, and for the rest of the season. Thanks a million for joining us on the podcast this week. Thank you. Well, I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast as well this week by the Cove Ramblers midfielder, Liam Kervick. Liam, uh, it's great to have you on the show. Well, I, I say uh, a midfielder. I, I'm, I, I've been looking through Cove Rambler's records there, and I think some matches they've got you at centre-forward. Seems to be some disputes between websites, whether you're a left-winger or a right-winger. So you might clarify that for me for the for, for the top of the interview.
3: Yeah, of course. Like I suppose growing up, I was probably more of a winger, and I still probably would classify myself as a winger. But just with the shape... Um, Shane keegan has gone with this year. I suppose there's wing backs which I wouldn't necessarily be. So center forward is probably where I class myself as now. You know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's been going well for you. I just want to touch. On the, the game, most recent game, a one one draw against Galway United. Um, I think most teams in the league now would bite your hand off for a, a draw against the the league leaders, the runaway league leaders. They've got such a, a big lead at the top there. But I suppose when you go in front in that game, you have a man sent off early in the second half. I, was it a good point, or are you kind of regretting you didn't get the three on the night?
3: I suppose overall, like going into the game, if they told us you'd get, you're going to get a one one draw against Golley we would, would have taken it as you said. But I mean coming away from the game after the sending half sending off, sorry, they probably did get on top. But going in especially at half time, we were just thinking to give away the penalty so close to half time, I had a chance as well. Like I probably should have scored. We could have been going 2-0 up at half time, you know, so but overall I'd say we 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 were happy with the the result in the end.
1: Yeah. And like I was going to ask you as well about the the home record because it's been very impressive. That's probably been one of the highlights of Cove Rambler's season. You're getting good gates down at St. Colman's Park there as well. Um, I think you've won six out of your, your 11 home games, three or four draws then as well. So why is the home record specifically being so good, do you think?
3: Genuinely, I'd say probably like half of it is the fans. Genuinely, when I used to, when I was growing up and listening to other footballers or whatever saying you know the fans help you only realize it when you're on the pitch and you hear them screaming at you it is an extra man i suppose that alongside with you know all year we've talked about kind of making it our fortress and you can't give away any any easy goals down there and you know just about making it our fortress as well i suppose
1: yeah, I can remember as well. Just wanted to touch on a, one of my previous guests on the podcast this season, Lee Stacey's playing a goal for you there. And I remember when he was in the Premier Division playing for Longford Town and you see how much he frustrates opposition teams because he's so good and and, and I've seen him saving Longford Town in so many games. With Cove Ramblers now, we don't get to see full games. I get to see the highlights. So I'm not too sure how it's been going for him, but how important has an experienced player like Lee Stacey being in the team?
3: Yeah, no, Lee's been massive since he came in. Um, I suppose the team overall is is probably quite young. We do have a few experienced players, but just, like, even having a one-on-one chat with Lee, like, because he does have that experience, like, I know he's a goalkeeper, but just little things that he'd be telling you, or even just confidence boosters, you know, coming from a man like him, it, it does mean a lot. Um, but, yeah, he's been a huge addition.
1: Yeah, Um Just on leaving Waterford because you're at Waterford going on loan then to to Cove Ramblers. What was the the reasoning behind your decision to do that?
3: Well, I suppose I kind of just looked at the way Waterford were going this year in terms of the players they were bringing in and I was on loan then for the the second half of last season down at Cove as well and I enjoyed it and I was kind of looking at it saying, you know, chances are I might play a bit more with Cove because of the players Waterford will be bringing in. And I enjoyed working under Shane Keegan last year um, and um, this year also. You know, so I'd say game time and just to work under Shane Keegan was part of it again, you know?
1: Yeah, because it's interesting. I spoke to Paddy Kirk, the Bohemians left back on, on this week's show as well. And just speaking to him about how he came to the ranks of Bohemians, then found himself maybe not getting enough game time. Then he went away to Sligo Rovers to to Longford Town. And he feels it really has been the making of him. So do you feel that you are getting better, improving as a player just because you are getting more games, more minutes on the pitch?
3: Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, we always say if you're know if you if you're not playing, you move on kind of thing. Um, that's what Fran Rocket always says to us, the assistant manager down there at Cove if you're not playing you have to move on you're to play games if you're training non-stop and you're not getting your minutes you become a good training player you know you're not you're preparing for these matches we all started playing football to play you know so i think that is that's one of the the key the key reasons as well why i came down to cuba as i said but game time is just it's massive in terms of development as well you know with someone my age
1: Interesting. Cove Rambers had, a. I saw a couple of guests down uh, over the summer. Uh, Roy Key, Jamie Carraher and Gary Neville. Did did the squad, did you get to meet any of the lads when they were down?
3: No, no, no. Unfortunately (laughs) not, no. I'd say it would have been a good laugh to see him, but no, unfortunately not.
1: Yeah, well, listen. I suppose if you if you follow the path that Roy Keane took, uh, you'd be doing okay. Um yeah, do you, that's it. Like you're still a young man as well, um, Liam, because you're 20 years of age. Like, is football you see as it? That's your serious future. That's the the career you want to pursue at the at the time being for the time being.
3: Yeah, like without a doubt. Um, I mean, I suppose there will come a point where you know I will have to make a decision in terms of maybe other career paths. But for now, you know. Um, football still is my priority. Um, and I suppose, again, that's one of the reasons I'm down at Cove to to get my games and score goals and, you know, because it is my priority.
1: Yeah. And just to, uh, curious as well, because you've got that loan deal at the one from Waterford. Like, does that run on into the playoffs and then into next year? What's what's the situation with that?
3: So the loan deal is valid until the end of this year, um, but I'm not allowed to play against Waterford in any competitive game. Um. so yeah that would mean if we, if we face them in the playoffs or we've faced them three times already in the league and I haven't been able to play against them so it is a bit of a bummer that I'm missing games but I suppose it is fair in the end you know
1: Yeah I know what you mean I'd say it's frustrating as well because look you've got five goals in nine league appearances that's been really impressive. What would you attribute to your improvement in front of goal? Is it confidence? Is it stuff that Shane and Fran are telling you in in training?
3: Um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, Shane and Fran are great in the way that they boost you up and they build you up before a game. And the one thing that I'll say about Shane is that he gives, it's the same with every player. If you deserve a chance to start or come on, he'll give it to you. So when I got my chance, I just basically said, you know, I have to take it. Um, but just even in training, like, um, just constantly focusing on little things in front of goal that you know you can bring into into match day, I think has helped me as well, you know.
1: Ben Harps, then, this week, Liam, um, it's a tough journey up to Bali Buffet, and, but they are a team you've done okay against. You've got to draw a, a victory, and uh, I know you scored twice in the home win, the 4-1 home yeah. win. So uh, will you be hoping to do a repeat of that maybe on Friday night? I,
3: I'd be hoping for a repeat of that, all right, yeah. But no, it is a long it is a long spin up. Um but we are staying up overnight um before the game. So just to to save us having to travel five, six hours, you know, the day of the game, we can get up, relax the night before, and then wake up and um and play the game without having to travel the five, six hours. But no, we would be hoping to um to go out there and do the same as last time, all right.
1: Yeah, it's a, t- it's a like I know it's a, it's a bit of a cliche in League of Ireland football that Bally Buffet is a tough place to go, yeah. but they will make it hard for you. Do you expect a very defensive approach from Finn Harps this Friday night?
3: To be honest, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um, I know that they have they have brought in a lot of new signings and a couple of them I know one or two of them they used to be actually at Waterford when I was there um, two years ago. Um, good players. So I'm not entirely sure how their manager is going to approach the game. Will he say we're going to give him a rattle? Will we say, you know, well we'll sit back and and see how the game goes or what, but um, yeah.
1: Yeah, Great stuff. Well, listen Liam, really appreciate you coming on the podcast this week. Best of luck against Herps and and for the rest of the season. Thank you very
3: much. Yeah, appreciate it.
1: Well, delighted to be joined on the podcast this week by Bohemian's left back Paddy Kirk. Uh, Paddy, great to have you on the show. Um, Just wanted to ask you first about Europe. It's I suppose it's just started this week for the other four clubs in the league. um as a player playing in a non-European side this season, it must be a bit tough, is it watching those teams going on their adventures?
0: Yeah, it is um it's tough to watch, but it's also you know, it's motivating and um, it's it's what you it's what you want to be playing in. And um, I think obviously that's kind of a goal of at the club is to get back to European football. So uh yeah, it is tough seeing the lads play. Obviously, you have a couple of mates playing in other teams that, that you're that you're keeping an eye out for. But uh, yeah, it's where you want to be, you know, as a as a footballer. So, um, it's that little bit of motivation to qualify and be playing them in the next couple of years.
1: And you had a very good experience in Europe last season with Sligo Rovers, of course. Uh, you got through three rounds, played in three rounds, and a match against Motherwell as well. What was that experience like?
0: Yeah, that was brilliant. It was my first, you know, real taste of of European football. I was involved in the um, previously with Bowes um, against Ferrovire, but I didn't actually play. So to to be able to you know feature in those games was was an unbelievable experience. You know, those those European games are you know they're different. You know, the, even the we went to Viking then, and uh, it's just it's a step up from from the league. So it's it's great to be kind of mixing with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose even as a you're you know, you're still early twenties or so and yeah, that experience and helping you deal with the match experience of a European night, but also then as you say, the step up the level, I suppose it's the kind of the pace that the game is played at, the lesser room for making mistakes, that kind of thing.
3: Yeah,
0: definitely. And it uh, kind of like I say, it gives you that little bit of motivation to, you know, to want to push on, you know, once you're mixing with that and, and seeing the level, um, like you said, it's the little details that you kind of get punished for, or that you need to do on your end if you want to if you want to win a game. So, yeah, it was a brilliant overall experience, and it definitely helps you then going back to the league league campaign. And um, you see the level required to you know be competing um, in Europe. So it definitely pushes you at a domestic level as well.
1: Can't forget as well, Paddy. There was some other European football you played with Bohemians. The, uh, yeah. the Tullochs uh, Caramel Wafer Challenge Cup. <laughs> Can't forget that, of <laughs> <Yeah>. course. I'm <laughs> wearing
2: brew as well. Like,
1: there's a,
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a few. I was only actually looking at um, the transfer market the other day, The you know, your own stats, and you're looking at some of the cups and thinking, oh, I don't even remember playing it
1: now. There's <laughs> some mad ones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Interesting you mentioned stats, Paddy, right? Because I have to I have to bring this up, I'm afraid. You're going through a bit of a gold drought. I was checking your last two goals that you scored this season. There was four matches from the start of the season to your first goal. Another four matches, then you got your second. Eight matches now without a goal. What's going on, Paddy? I know. and
0: I was probably there three years waiting for my first one. So uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a shock to get to in a few games. But, yeah, it's definitely something that I've kind of been looking at myself that I can probably, you know, improve on in my game is kind of goal contributions. Um, you know, as a defender, it's not something that initially you look at. But I think... As a modern-day fullback, it's it's definitely somewhere that I can I can probably improve on, and I'm looking to improve on.
1: Yeah, because I have noticed you in a couple of games, and you know you do have that ability to either attack down that left-hand side, but you can also come in off the wing as well to try and find that space to shoot. So, is that something you worked on while you're at Longford Town, while you're at Sligo Rovers? Do you think you've improved on that since you were at Bohemians in your first spell?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I've kind of become a different, not a different player, but. I've definitely brought things into my game from, you know, and that's obviously from playing every week, be at Longford, Sligo, you know, um, by playing every week and, you know, coming back in the next week, you can really improve on things. And And I think that kind of came with confidence from maybe was at the start of my spell at Bowes, I was a little bit, you know, apprehensive, you know, cautious on the ball. So I think going away, playing games really helped me develop um, different parts of my game that, you know, before, maybe I wouldn't have tried. So uh, I think, yeah, I've come back to Bowes a little bit more of a a well-rounded footballer and, you know, um, a little bit more confidence in my own game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And like, how hard was it? Because you came to the the Bowes Academy as well and broke into the senior team. How hard was it then to I suppose just accept that you had to leave the club to go away and get regular football and even, you know, going to Longford Town, um, Sligo Rovers, of course, coming back to the Premier Division, but it must have been a bit of a wrench as well, leaving a club that you liked so much.
0: Yeah, it was it was a really difficult decision at the time. I remember it. Um, you know, it was kind of coming it was the end of that COVID season and I hadn't really featured an awful lot and I knew that obviously Bowes is kind of special club for me in terms of my family and friends and you know the affiliation I have with the club but it was it got to a stage where I knew from my own development that I needed to go and play Um and I was lucky enough that I was still Premier Division games at Longford and, and Sligo so uh, that was really really important for my development but I remember as soon as I left you know you kind of take it for granted when you're at a club like Bowles what it's like you know the fans what it means and then when you, when you go away you see it from the outside it makes you kind of want that more so and not that it was like a goal of mine to go straight back but I knew long term in my head I didn't know what kind of timeline that was but I knew that it was a club that I wanted to get back to and play regular football at
1: yeah, because I remember as well even commentating on a couple of games, and I remember seeing you playing against Bohemians, and I suppose that even gives you a certain lesson in professionalism in football because you may have to end up playing against former teammates um, or against the club that you love as well. That was also a good learning curve, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, it was. It was interesting coming and being on the other side of it. Like a lot of my uh, friends would be going to the games and stuff, and you see them giving you a bit of stick. So, uh, and the people (laughs) who would have been supporting you before, but in fairness, I always got a good, I got a good, um, reception if it was back in Daily Mount or from the away fans, you know, in Sligo, there's no hiding from the away fans over that side, particularly playing, uh, playing on the left side. So, um, yeah, it was weird to, to kind of be on the other side of that, but I never got it too bad. Definitely got it better than a few lads who have, who have moved on.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, when you were asked to go back to the club then at the end of last year, like that must have been a, a quite a, a happy moment for you as well. But you're also coming in under a different uh, manager as well. So was there a bit of thinking over that decision or were you kind of kind of snapping Declan's hand off? Or even, I'm not sure if Pat Fenlon might have been involved.
0: Um, A little bit of both, to be honest. I knew, like I said to you, I knew I wanted to, to get back to the club. So it was definitely exciting when, you know, that contact was made, but... I knew I had to make a decision, you know, that was right for my football and, and I wasn't going to just jump at the opportunity if I knew if it wasn't going to be right for me. So I met Declan first and, you know, he spoke to him about his plans and I'm not sure if you've, if you've, you've had Declan on, but from chatting to him, like you you feel his energy and and his passion for what he wants to do. So I think after that chat, I think it was just, it was a half an hour chat and I was like, you know, he, he wants to bring the club in the right place. So, uh, I knew then that it was it was the perfect time to, to come back and, and try and push
3: with balls.
1: Yeah, and look, you haven't had it all your own way this season, I suppose. There is a bit of competition with your place. You know Jordan Flores can slot in there as well, so I suppose that keeps you on your toes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there was a period there where I found myself out of the team and I think it probably was the right time for me to, to be taken out of the team. I wasn't playing my best football and, you know, coming back, I probably got in my own head a little bit about coming back to Bowes because, you know, it's, it's, it's a special club for, for me and my family and stuff like that. So I'd, i built it up an awful lot and that probably affected my football a little bit. So, uh, you know, for Jordan to come in and, and you realise then the quality Jordan has at left back as well, it, it makes you kind of think, right, really need to get the head down here and, and, you know, get back into the team and get back playing the football that I can and the football that I showed at Sligo. So, uh yeah, that competition replaces it's it's all around the group and and it's it's only a positive thing, whether it be a left back or a midfield, anywhere else. Um it's definitely a positive thing within the group for to push us on.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Um I have to ask you as well, Paddy, have you been uh, boning up on your Polish at all this week. Uh Polish,
0: yeah. I'm just looking at oh, this oh, yeah.
1: there's two Polish center halves and a Polish right back, so you, you might need to get a bit of I the know. lingo.
0: <laughs> get on the Geolingo. I actually asked the that, lads <laughs> to do with a list of just like keywords that I might be able to use in the game, but uh no I'm gonna try they're here to improve their English and and integrate into the group. So it's a strictly English back four.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just you, you made an interesting point there about, you know, not knowing you're being aware of yourself of, of not being playing well. Um I'm just interested from a player's point of view, and, and not just with Bohemians, I'm sure players get this all around the country at the different clubs. But when you're making mistakes in games or things aren't going well for you, and I'm sure you hear the groans from the supporters, that kind of thing. How how do you deal with that mentally?
0: Um, it is tough because like you said, criticism is is a big part of the game. I mean, on on both sides of it, when it's going well, you know, it's easy to you know, lap that up and and take that all the positive stuff. But I think on the flip side of things, um, it affects some people more than others. But um, I think it, it's just part and parcel of it. And I think it's it's about managing kind of not being too high or being too low um, at different stages of the season. You know, they're going to have ups and downs, so it's just about managing that and you know, knowing that eventually it will come good. If if you are going through a tricky patch, and the flip side of that, when you're playing well, it's about You know, staying on top of that, that you're not getting carried away, that, you know, it can go the the other way um, very easily. So, yeah, I think it's just about kind of keeping a happy medium between the two and, and not being too emotional either end of it.
1: I'm sure that's something Johnny Afalabi had to do over the last number of weeks. But look at him now. He's got three goals in three games. That must give the whole squad a huge lift after the way he's been playing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Like everyone at the clubs, you know, delighted for Johnny. You see what he does. If you're, if you're maybe from the outside, if you're not watching him every week, you, it could be you thinking, Oh, as a striker, you need more. But Johnny's been unbelievable for us in terms of his, what he brings. There's you not know, very few strikers who have the qualities he's had. So for Johnny to now add goals, is, it's been brilliant for him. But, you know, Declan always reassured Johnny that in the dressing room, you know, that he brings a lot more than, than just goals, and we're not relying on him for goals. Um, so but well, yeah, for Johnny to now add goals, it's 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 massive um for him and for the group.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you as well, quickly about Derek Pender, um, a man who is so well affiliated with the club and a, a big le- club legend, really. Um, captain for so long, and uh he's now involved in the coaching setup. Um, what's he like as a coach because I know he does pre-match and stuff like he'll definitely look after the defenders and warm you up and that kind of thing but uh, I know he's a man who certainly wouldn't accept any drops in standards but um, have you enjoyed working under him as well?
0: Yeah that's just brilliant. Um, Like I said he's you know he'd be the first to say he gives me more stick than others and and he'll admit that but uh, yeah he'd be the first you know say it to you if if things aren't going well but then on the flip side of that as well you know he's brilliant for if if he sees something one on one that you've done well or or something that you might improve on, he can he can pull you and go through things like that with video and stuff like that. So Derek's an unbelievable influence around the place for in terms of getting that identity at balls and and what balls is about. You know, there's no better person than than debt to have there. You know, um Defton would always kind of refer to to debt when you know when he when he talks about the club and and what it means and. And, you know, the identity of the club, like I said. So, yeah, to have him in there for lads, you know, especially lads who kind of might come from Scotland, England, uh, Poland, for example. That's just brilliant in terms of getting the message of what the club is about, how you should train, how you should play, how you should conduct yourself. So, uh, yeah, around the place, he's he's invaluable to balls.
1: Absolutely. Um, Just looking at the game then ahead this week, it's Shelbourne away from home and you've got them back to back as well not forgetting that you you played them in the, the Leinster Senior Cup semi-finals well the club did anyway I know it was most of the underage players but um, there's a it seems to be a real bit of needle between these two clubs over the last while and it's a team as well that Bows have found it hard to try to get positive results especially this season so far they're, are you expecting another tight game this weekend?
0: I think they're always tight games um, you know defensively shells are set up really really well Um so you know we've been working all week on on how we can break them down and stuff like that. So they're great occasions. Um, like like I said, the more games Dublin derbies, they're great for the fans. They're the games you kind of want to be playing. And so, uh, you know, we'll approach it the same as as other games. We we'll do our homework and we'll we'll prepare right for the game. But yeah, they're they're really good games. And and the more big games, the more big crowds. Um, in the league, the better from the outside and for for the players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And with with that rivalry with Shelburne, like is there I suppose like that, that extra effort to try and keep the maintain the discipline, maintaining cool heads as well, because I know like Bose had a pretty good performance in the last game at Talca Park. Dylan Connolly gets sent off, then it's gonna be hard to get a point or even three out of that game. So is that one of the kind of key factors going into this game?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, managing managing emotions like any game is is important. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you keep eleven men on the pitch. Obviously, that yeah, plays a huge role. But uh, no, I think we're we're looking forward to it. Um, not getting carried away in terms of like a Dublin derby. You know, we approach it like like any other game. Um, but I think yeah, it's it's a great opportunity. The next couple of weeks are are going to be really big, and and like I said, going back to that, they're um, they're a great occasions. So they're ones that we're we're looking to relish.
1: Then just to ask you, I, I gotta ask you about these two guys because they're lads you would have been with in the dressing room in the past with Bohemians. Um, talk of Danny Grant and Dan Casey maybe coming back and signing for the club. Look, I know you you you'll have no info on whether they are or not, but they would be definitely two good acquisitions, do you think, if or if they were to decide to come back to Dalymount Mount Park?
0: Yeah, two great players and 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 good lads that I, I got on well with um in my last spell. So I think wherever they go, you know they'll they'll make an impact. But obviously, I'd uh, being biased. Would love them at the club, but uh, I think they they'd be good additions in terms of you know characters as well because you know they've been here before, they know what it's about, and and um, they have a lot of league experience. But uh, yeah, you, wherever they go, you know they're they're top top players, and they'll they'll make good impacts.
1: Just ask you finally then as well because I I remember doing a bit of research on you when you were coming to play daily with Longford Town, and uh, I saw Paddy Kirk was uh, interested in the in the fashion business, um, <laughs> b- bit of a fashionista like your clubber. Uh, do you think you might be able to outgun Paul Galvin when it comes to uh, designing clothes? Maybe getting them on the rails. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I
0: don't know. He's a bit of a bigger um, <laughs> he's a bigger name than I have. But uh, <laughs> actually, I've met with Paul a couple of times. Um, just a chat through, you know, kind of the similar interests and stuff like that. Because I think it's kind of getting more. It used to be so separate that it's kind of becoming more like you know, like from going to the games and stuff. Uh, Men's, whereas it's a big party, you know, your Friday night. So I think that kind of boundaries kind of eroding a little bit between players and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, Paul, Paul's a great, uh a role model for what he does, for how he played, and and for having you know a, a good personality outside of the sport. Sorry. Yeah. Um, outside of the sport I think is important so uh, yeah that's just something that I've always kind of had an interest in outside the football
1: well and can I ask you how did that meeting come about did you go look for him or what happened there
0: um, it was more through his kind of range um, so obviously I had the, the kind of separate um, fashion side of things and the interest that I had in it um, and we kind of met through that um, so we kind I of I should explain sorry, sorry
1: Paddy I should explain It's a, it, you run an Instagram page isn't it that's- sorry yeah yeah. It's kind
0: of like a lot A lot of stuff I do outside of football is kind of like content creation there, uh, photography and stuff like that, mainly focused on menswear. So it's, mm. it's an Instagram page that I've set up to kind of a platform to share that stuff. Um, and that's kind of where the, the connection was made through that. Um, and we kind of just met up, had a chat around his line and stuff like that, his new line of, at Dons. And yeah, really nice fella.
1: Yeah, interesting. Would you be interested in Gaelic football in yourself or...
0: Yeah, I have a couple of mates um, playing with Dublin. Um, a good mates with Brian Howard, went to school with Brian there. Uh, so he's always re- head's always wrecked, and I'm nagging him for tickets when it's about the quarter semis. <laughs> so he's, he's, he gives help me for not showing up for the league games, but uh, <laughs> I'll go to Croke, I know about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, it's been brilliant talking to you, Paddy Kirk, uh, and I hope to, obviously Friday night goes well for you and the rest of the season as well. Thanks, so Amelia, for joining us on the podcast this week.
0: Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. LOI match day on off the ball.